welcome to the story of Spring Hills Part 4 today. Eve is working on Trunk or Treat, so we are doing <laughs> Trunk or Treat tomorrow night. This is being filmed on th- or, uh, recorded and filmed on Thursday prior, so uh, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow's the 30th, so we got Trunk or Treat this weekend, which is great that we're able to do it, because I wasn't sure that was going to happen, right? Yeah, a lot of kids are happy right now. Yeah, my kids are stoked. Yeah. My kids are so stoked that they are doing one costume for us running a trunk, and then a different costume to go through Trunk or Treat. So they're I'll have really to come embracing. to your trunk and see. They're really embracing. I'm going to be Winnie the Pooh, so you, <laughs> you won't be able to miss. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> scary miss this no, year. No, not okay. for me. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, so we're picking up right after. We, we talked a lot last week about the uh, acquisition of this property, what happened when we first got onto the property. Uh, so we're around 2011. Is that right? Yeah. What was the biggest note, uh, the biggest change that you noticed within the church now having a permanent home? both as like the church family and your leadership as well? Yeah, that's a really good question. That actually came from Judy Bruner. That's a very good that's question. That's a Judy Bruner question. Yes. I'll give her, so, I'll give her um, credit for that. You know, uh, when we went to do the, when we did the capital campaign to, you know, build it out and all that kind of thing, <clears throat> uh, even when we got our, our bond program, they would say, okay, when you get into your new facility, it's going to really grow mm-hmm. because it's permanent and people have a good feeling about it and churches will grow when consistency, they, all that, you know, yeah. and I was kind of like, okay, well, I hope so. You know, well, the good news is that's exactly what happened. I mean, our church from the time we moved in, uh, within really two years had close to doubled, actually over doubled. That's crazy. We added services, you know, the 815 service and which everybody loved. Yes. We, we had the, uh, we had the evening service, the 530 on Saturday, but, uh, and pl- plus we doubled our capacity here, yeah. you know, so, uh, but the church grew really fast right away. And, uh, for me and my leadership, um, I just, it was an interesting uh, dynamic. I was exhausted. Yeah. I know that. I was exhausted because just getting here, you know, from the time we bought it, just buying it was crazy. Uh, you know, those who have heard the story from the, the first story and second story uh, podcast, but buying it and then getting the use permit and then building out, I was, I was just sort of exhausted. Uh, yeah, I probably should have taken a little time. Seven seven years from the first offer to actually getting on. Yeah. The, that's a long time. I, I probably should have taken some time off. Um, I actually encouraged another pastor. I think I might have mentioned this, but I encouraged him. They just did a build out. And I said, hey, you know, once you get in, I would take some time take off. <laughs> at um, least a few weeks. And but but you can't because you're you're on a roll now. You're excited. You, know, you don't want to miss out on it. Church is growing. And uh, so we... Uh, it forced us to think about, well, how do you pastor and shepherd a church of 1,500 and growing as opposed to a church of five, 600? I mean, it's like, what do you do now? And uh, so those were good years in terms of uh, thinking, rethinking our whole strategy. Was the staff still pretty small? Yeah, the staff was small. I mean, we've always been lean and mean, I yeah, would yeah. say. Um, uh, and uh, for our staff, it, it, it ended up, I'd say, creating a little tension because uh, each staff member was having to think almost double. Right. And how do we how do we take care of people? How do we multiply ministry? And we were used to, as I say, a church of 500, but now you're now you're a church upwards of 1500 and growing. Everybody on the staff has to think differently. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember staff meetings where I would bring these articles and say, this is how we need to think about 
the staff. You still do that. Yeah. You, yeah. you send us something. Hey, everybody read this. Let's chat about yeah, it. Yeah. Let's chat about it. And, and back then it was like, okay, we're no longer a small church or a medium-sized church. We've become, we're almost a mega church. I mean, technically you know? isn't over 1500 a mega church? Isn't no, that kind of it the kicks definition? in at uh, like 2000. I oh, think okay. was the latest. Then you're a mega then church. Then you're a mega okay. church. Okay. So we've, we've always <laughs> wanted to be a mega church. <laughs> uh, those days may be past. Who knows? But uh, so, yeah. So, um, you know, and uh, some staff, uh, as they came up, it was a kind of a tough adjustment, to yeah. be honest. It was, and then I, I didn't always communicate it as well. I was feeling a little pressure. Sure. Should have been just thankful, right? Right. Look, God, what you're doing, and people are coming to know Christ, and and uh, you're really doing an amazing thing. But I almost felt a little pressure to, you know, to make sure that we're doing it right and all Do you that. think that a lot of times, I mean, I've noticed this even when we've got, if we'll have texts go around with the staff, a big event coming up, things are going well, and everybody's just like, just be in prayer for warfare because it's going to yeah. it's gonna happen. Yeah. So things are going well. You've got some warfare tension. What else? What are you, what are you experiencing with that as a leader? Are you uh, are you getting stressed out about it? Are you? Yeah, the... I would say exactly. I'd say, um, and we had some spiritual warfare hit the church uh, early on, and part of it, I felt spiritual warfare for me in my fatigue. Uh-huh. Um, and I would say that to anybody listening to this podcast or watching, uh, that when you're fatigued and tired and sort of run down, it does make you more vulnerable. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, the basic thing is people just want relief. You know, they're tired. Uh, so I was feeling some uh, fatigue, and I think it was opening me up to some spiritual warfare. And then also within the church, the change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big change. All right, we're in a different location, and we're twice as big as we were. And change, change isn't going to be for everybody. It's not going to, no. if it's changing, there's going to be some people that this is great. Some people like, Hey, this isn't just, this just isn't the right fit anymore. And it happens so fast. Yeah. The growth happens so fast. Yeah. That's really uh, fast. So you, you got changes that brings out that that's an opening for the devil. If, mm. if anybody's watching and this podcast and they're going through some big changes, you know, people don't always uh, react to the changes the same way. I mean, for the most part, I'd say people were very excited and, and, uh, we did really, you know, it was very, very, very good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we ended up having some staff, uh, great staff, good, good staff leave, uh, felt a call to start another church, uh, in town. And that was a difficult time for us. Um, it, it looking back now, I just, I feel like it was the Lord. It yeah, was, yeah. it was him moving them out. Um, you know, and hey, there's another church in town. Another in the place church. That, yeah, that's great. Exactly, another church in town. Um, at the time, it, it was a it was a difficult transition. I'd say, for those who left, it was difficult, and it was difficult for me and for people in the church. Um, but again, I think that came out of some of uh, moving over here yeah. and things changing and all of that. The good news is that uh, I would say. The good news is a church has been born. I'm really, I'm really, I'm close to those staff members where, you know, all is good. God is working. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen that happen in my hometown where people have left churches and then they won't have anything to do with, like they won't talk to them. They won't just stay away from it. And it's just kind of like, guys, let's, we can figure this out. We can be a team here and and still have our own church families and and stuff. So that's good that there's a, so, you know, it was, uh, it was a difficult time for those staff members that felt called to go out and for me and for the staff that was here. 
Uh, but I'd say in God's miraculous uh, way of working, um, it's all come around, and we're like, "Thank you, God." Yeah, we love each other. Now you went through. So that what year was the was that the plan? Uh, that was two thousand and thirteen. So you hired some new you hired some new staff after that. Actually, the the new plant uh, church was in two thousand fourteen. Okay. Um, yeah, we had some staff changes in there and, uh, uh, all of that, which also created some of the dynamic sure. of, wow, this isn't what it used to be. And, um, you know, and then asking certain staff members, part of the dynamic that created some of the tensions was asking staff members to do different roles Sure. and then staff members come. That's in. hard. Yeah. That's difficult. I mean, when COVID started, everybody kind of had to shift, right? And yeah. that's, I mean, we were all tired. We were all stressed out. We're all the unknown. And I remember it being like, Kiki's like, hey, you're going to start helping out with some video editing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Like, what are you going to have me do with video editing? You know, like, and it's just like, no, you got to yeah. adjust. This is what you're doing now. And I know John, he didn't get hired as the video guy. Yeah, here. John Knapp is like a producer, <laughs> he's assistant become, producer. He's become the uh, the production guy, right? Yeah, so now he's getting our uh, live. They've been working on that all the day. The live yeah. feed uh, so that when people watch online, they're actually going to watch a live service. Instead of pre-recorded, which yeah. is another nice thing for us to not yeah. have to record, right? Yeah, because I just did my sermon and it's only Thursday. Give me yeah. a break. Yeah. Know? So we've got, okay, there's a lot that happened in uh, 2011 to 2000. I really want to want to jump to 2017 um, self, somewhat selfishly because yeah. I was here then, right? Yeah. Uh, so you, in 2017, you brought on a bunch of people. Um, I came on 2017, John Knapp. Uh, Jason, Erica, um, I'm sure there's somebody, somebody else. Some somewhere of the, uh, yeah, some of the uh, Club 56 assistants. Yeah, staff yeah. So a lot of, a lot of, yeah. a lot of staff came on around that time. It felt like the church when I got here. There's been so many changes. We've only been here uh, close to four years now, and there's been a ton of changes. So I yeah. wanted to talk about some of the things that were really uh, standing out to me. First of all, in 2017, we shifted to new small groups. Um, yeah, a whole uh, new format. model. Mo- yes. Yeah, a whole yes. new model. Yeah. What kind of growth did you see with that? Because Kiki often says she wants the church. We want the church to grow smaller and larger at the same yeah. time. Yeah, which I think has really worked with the small group model. So, what what kind of change in the church did you yeah, see? Yeah, I have when to give. I that? have to give credit to the staff for uh, really implementing a whole new approach to small groups in the church. Because there wasn't really a model before that. It was well, kind of like yeah, you wanted to do a was, study. Yeah. The model was that we basically came up with what the small groups were going to do uh-huh. and then asked them to do it. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so if people liked what we were saying, do then, uh, you know, they would do it. If they didn't like it, they'd wait for the next offering. So right. the, the big switch is this, that now small groups are, we call them uh, free market small groups. And uh, what that is, is somebody wants to do a small group, a Bible study of some sort. They want to do a group where there's Bible study and there's walking, or they want to do or archery. There's an archery yeah, group. That's, we're going to have a prayer group and then Basketball groups bows and, and yeah. or have bow and arrow. There's a uh, knitting, you know, <laughs> there's, painting. Every, there's everything. There so really is. we really opened it up with the big vision of let's get people in the church to get to know each other. Right. All right. I think our, our philosophy before was driven by let's get a more Bible study. And we're still doing that, yeah. you know, because there's a variety of ways of getting people more Bible study. But I think the, the new move was let's get people to know each other in this big church. Uh-huh. And so our small group attendance basically tripled. Yeah. 
It went. It was cra- the first yeah. semester. I remember doing it, and it was just kind of like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Because I think we had a thousand people in small groups yes. the first time we did it, which yes. is two thirds of our church. Yeah, it was, which is it was crazy. It was crazy. That's crazy. So yeah, the the small groups was a big change. Growth track was another big. Yeah, change growth that track happened. was really good because we we used to have a similar thing to growth track. The Rick Warren thing, right? The Rick Warren thing, uh, but we weren't offering it every week. That was the big change. All right, so you come to our church. This Sunday, we say you can come to Growth Track this afternoon. Right. Yeah. Every <laughs> and learn month. everything about our church and get involved in uh, it every month. Now that again, I want to credit uh, the staff for that because it, it required them and me too, but to be here basically every Sunday night. Uh, and then COVID hit, and we've been you know having yeah. to be creative. But that strategy is so good because it gets people involved in the life of the church faster. Yeah. And, str- and pastors struggle with this. How do we assimilate people? How do we get people connected? Well, you got to have something every week, not every three months. Consistency, consistency is something that I, I've always thought this about the church here, too, is that yeah. they do so well. And I know that that's, it doesn't come easy to, no. to say, hey, we're going to do this every week because it's a grind to do something every week in and out, in and out. And it's, yeah. it's hard to do that. But when you've got, I feel like we've got a staff that's all just like on board with it. Like, yeah, yeah this, if we're doing it, we're doing it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, again, that's, I've told you this before, but that's speaks to your leadership to just be like, Hey, cause you, I'm going to get to this too, but you, you had had two Sundays in the 27 years of Spring Hills where you didn't meet. And one of them was because of the flood at the LBC. Yes. Right? Yeah. Back in, that would have been probably 1990 or something i remember here i mean i wasn't around for that but yeah the second one i was around for because it was the kincaid fire and we got it we got evacuated mid saturday night service yes and of course you went well we'll finish up and then yeah (laughs) and then we'll get out of here all the nixon going (laughs) off in the in the auditorium yeah preaching through that but so that speaks to the consistency we don't cancel things unless we're getting evacuated or unless the building is literally flooded um i wanted to also before we get to the uh, the real shift in 2017, which was the fires. Being on this campus allowed you to do, uh, there was probably a lot of excitement in just the fact that you had a permanent home now, but it allowed you to do outreach in a different way. Now you've got a facility that you can do so many different things on. You've got, uh, we were able to do, when did Christmas Town in Bethlehem start? Yeah, that started, uh, Eve actually came up with the idea of Christmas Town um, back, wow, I wish she was here now. She's, I, she's better on it was probably around 2012 or okay, pretty so couple, early on. It was like, after. you know, we would always have, we had live nativity scenes for a long time. Sure. Even when we were over at uh, Luther Burbank Center. But she came up with the idea of Christmas Town. And uh, I still remember the first Christmas Town. It was great. It's, it's phenomenal. But now it's like, you know, Macy's department store crazy, amazing yeah. we Christmas went, Town. When we interviewed here in 2016... It was the Sunday prior to Christmas, and so nothing was set up yet, but stuff was starting to be set up. Yeah. So, like, we walked in, and it's like, what are you guys doing over here? Oh, we do Bethlehem, and da-da-da-da. Yeah. And when you guys had said that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I kind of just picturing, like, a nativity scene, right? Yeah. Then I saw pictures of it, and I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> How did they pull that off? Because it's legit with yeah. the camel and the cow and all the stuff that's yeah, so out I, there. It's I give awesome. credit for Eve, uh, my wife, starting it, but then I give... Uh, tremendous credit to the current staff for yeah. like taking it to some of the a Kings whole crew guys too. new level. Yeah, the Pepe. Kings, 
Yeah, Pepe and Mike. Mike May now, Mike right? Mike May now. They built uh, the whole town of Jerusalem. We used to have live nativity. Well, now we bought, oh, we, excuse me, we built Bethlehem. Bethlehem, yeah. And uh, so you get to come and go through Bethlehem before you see We've Jesus. We've got the acreage. Let's just build the, let's yeah, we could just, build just keep the going. Whole, let's expand. Yeah, <laughs> we could build the Temple Mount, Jerusalem, the surrounding cities, you know, yeah. There's a long way we can go with that. But yeah. beyond the stuff that we did with our church, we've been able to uh, offer our campus to people like Canine Companions does their graduations. Um, Sonoma County Fire did a graduation here. Um, what else? Uh, we, Sheriff's oh, poli- Department's done training The here, trainings with the, the, the dogs, were, canines were here a month ago, yeah, I think, yeah. doing trainings. So we've been able to do a lot of stuff for the community and be available for those kinds of things and also some funerals and things yeah, like that Yeah, we do well. that uh, really to um, make a connection with the community. We've had our supervisor have meetings over here. Yeah. Um, there have been, you know, county stuff. But we do it uh, to make a connection and, and hopefully have a relationship with the people we're trying to reach. We don't charge them anything. Right. We charge yeah, Canine them Companions, I remember, because I run the sound whenever they do those events, and they yeah. had mentioned, um, the director had mentioned, and most of these people, they don't they don't go to church. They're not Christians. Right. Um, and again, like we mentioned, this doesn't look like a church necessarily, right? So yeah. they're just in a building to them. But they, they'll always do like a thank, special thank you to Spring Hills. And they said that the money that it saves Canine Companions is able, I forget the exact number, but it basically saves them enough for another like eight trainings that oh, they're able to do. Good. So it's like the, the amount of donation it is just supplying them a facility to not have to rent one out is huge to them. Oh. Um, and that's just a really, that's just, a win-win. It's generosity and it really speaks a lot. It's a lot to of hair in the, uh, there is a lot, a lot of, of dog hair, a lot of fur. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's so cool that we're able to not only do some really cool adventure week is phenomenal. Um, that we get to do here. We also have the nomadic shelter comes here. Um, so what's that just as, as far as like the, the philosophy that you have, you spoke to it a little bit already, but reaching the community, letting them know we're here. Is it, Hey, here's our campus or is it, Hey, you know what? We're just going to love on our community in every way we can. And, uh, and try to show you yeah, regardless exactly. if you come Bo- attend church. Both of those things. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think it surprises people when, and I've, I've told people in the community, you know, organizations, you're free to use our property if you need it, you know? And, um, we do funerals obviously here and all that kind of thing, uh, for people that are not part of the church. Mm -hmm. Certainly you can have your, your funeral here and we'd love to help you. And we have volunteers that really reach out. And so it is, it's the, the whole means, why do we do it? We really want to reach them for the Lord. That's it. So build a, it's like build a friend or build a relationship, have a friendship, and then, you know, hopefully that leads to them hearing the gospel. It's been cool because there's been some people I've worked with through some of those that have actually come to, like, our Christmas events and stuff after they are now, they've been on campus, and they know a few people here, like, oh, yeah, we'll come. I mean, one, I think it was 2017 when we did Drummer Boy, and it was like, I said, hey, come <laughs> check out come check out the the Christmas service because we're doing this really cool uh, drummer boy opening thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm like, yeah, they probably won't be here. And I saw them there. And oh, it was cool. so cool to actually be like, hey, it you was came legit and checked it too. out. It was legit. It was fun. Hey, I saw that there's some churches that will, uh, they'll bring some of them back a few years later because they can do it better. And I'm like, let's, let's do it again. I yeah. think we could do it even better. Um, I want to go back to now 2017 specifically because the fires happened in 2017. Um, the, the, the experience of that, I don't know that anybody could say that they'd experienced something like that. That night was, uh, 
I mean, it was scary. Uh, yeah. Now, we, I was not in an area that was in the immediate danger, but I was pretty close, and nobody knew, right? We didn't know. Right. I saw it coming down the hill, and I'm like, I just got to get out of here. And I talked to you the next morning. So you've been here now 25 years at this point um, with Spring Hills. The pastor that had come to this county, you planted a church. You've been through ups and downs with the church. But what was that day like for you, that morning, waking up, or not even waking up necessarily because you've been awake, but just knowing that it that the Tubbs fire literally ripped through the city. You didn't know if your house had been hit. Right. Our house I don't think was, we knew if the church had been hit. Right. I wasn't sure right. um, what time we found out that the church was okay. Um, but yeah, what was, what was that day like for you as a pastor um, worrying about I it? I mean, people talked about like it felt apocalyptic. You yeah, know? it really did. It's it like did. It was, it was like a movie. It was a bomb crazy. hit a nuclear bomb or something. And uh, it was very sobering in a sense of, we need to we need to lead people to Christ. We need to. It, it was um, sobering, and uh, at the same time, the spirit uh, was almost saying, you know, uh, we need to get the gospel out like crazy. And mm-hmm. I remember some of the messages I gave around that time was saying that I believe that God allowed it to get people's attention. You know, it's like, what is it going to take for people to stop and um, consider the good news of the gospel and pay attention to it and listen to it. Now we got COVID-19, right? Um, which the only thing I could say about that is I believe it's in God's grace, the same thing. You know, the church is sort of in some States like ours is being put on hold and changing. But all the while, I think people are, are thinking about their, you know, eternity right. thinking about how temporary life really is. Right. So that was the case. I was like, Oh God, when are you coming? Are you coming soon? That's what it felt like. <laughs> it yeah. was, no, I know it. That was, uh, I remember driving, because I drove back to Modesto that morning. Um, I hadn't really talked, I think I talked to Erica, and Erica said, we think the Knapp's apartment was hit up on Fountain Grove. We think Brett and Eve's house was hit because Coffee Park was hit. Um, the church, somebody had driven by the church, saw the church was okay. And I was like, I called you, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> and you were like, Garrett, how's it going? I'm like, <laughs> how are you this chipper right now? You literally didn't know if your house had burned down, right? And so, like, I was just kind of, that calmed me down right away just because I was still new here. My family wasn't with me. They had already been out of town. So, like, I did all that by myself that night before my brother called me. He's like, I booked you a hotel in San Ramon and, like, get over there and just get away, you know, that kind of thing. And I just remember driving back to Modesto um, to where my family was and just thinking, like, what? what are we going to do now? Like, what if the church did get hit? What's the next step? How is this going to be, you know, and it felt uh, like a lot of pressure. And then like two days later, sat in here in this green room with you guys. And you just said, okay, well, this is going to be the new normal. And here we go. We're having services this weekend. What's it going to look like? Let's start figuring it out. We fed people meals and, you know, it was just like right away. It was just like, I, my own personality is like, I'll freak out a little bit and be like, I don't know what to do here. So the fact that again, the leadership being like, Hey, okay, what this is our situation? Let's figure it out. Solve the problem. Solve enough problems, and uh, we got more people coming to Christ. You know, like that kind of. I thing. mean, you know, I mean, I wonder if our church. And we had 2017. That was really crazy. Then 2019, we evacuated again. Yeah, and that fire are. wasn't far from here. Here we are, 2020 evacuations. Yeah, four again. months after the evacuation, in the midst of COVID. You know, it's just it's, crazy. It it has been. It'd be nice to have about five years of just normalcy. So this year in March, COVID hit, and all of a sudden we've got our third Sunday where we don't get to meet. Um, and that was March. I forget the date, but teach us to pray. That was our series that we were going through. And I remember Saturday night happened. 
we got the text, I think, Sunday morning around, I don't know, 4.30 or 5 a.m. And Kiki said, all right, no service today. We're going to stream it. So now, what's your thought? Pastor Brett, here we go. COVID. What, what were you thinking oh, right now? And now I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, we can do this for a couple of weeks. Hopefully we'll be back uh, Easter. Yeah. You know, which would have been, I think, three or four weeks, I guess, <clears throat> away from when we. Yeah, March. When I it was say now March 16th. We're shutting down the whole country. Right. And churches are not allowed. Shelter in place. Right. Shelter in place. So I thought it was going to last a couple of weeks. And, um, it's still going on. It's amazing. I can't believe it. No, now, Easter, crazy. that was a lot of fun, though. That ended up being there's some cool stats that came out oh, about yeah, how many yeah. people got to see, uh, got to basically hear the gospel because of the online community. Now, obviously, you can't, you've talked, we've talked about the church is essential. We've talked about how being the church doesn't happen online. You can't be the church online. You need to be in person. So what's been the biggest challenge for you as a pastor of a church and not just a pastor of a church, but you know, uh, as a, as a Christian um, dealing with COVID over the last eight months? Yeah. It's uh, the biggest challenge for me has been just trusting God with it. <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, it's uh, what's happening I know. to the church, you know, and of my fellow pastors who are doing online services, some are, some churches are basically, you know, they're smaller churches and they're just using iPhones. You know? I know. And Facebook Live, basically. And so it's, uh, I think, trusting that God knows what he's doing and he doesn't need my help. You know, it's like, this is not uh, the way it's supposed to be at all. Feel like Moses a little bit like, God, I can't do this. No, 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 no. I'm going to do it. You're just going to. You're just going to be my hands and my feet while I'm doing it. It's interesting when the, yeah, when the Israelites came out of Egypt um, and they were free and they're on making their way to the promised land, they're attacked by the Amalekites. That would have been one of those things like, what's going on? We were just delivered. <laughs> and now we got these Amalekites attacking us. So the, um, you know, the sovereignty of God and the way God works, uh, I'll just say, sometimes it's really clear. You just see it. Mm-hmm. Other times, it's almost like a test of faith. And this feels like a test of faith. What know? have been some of the things that you've seen happen over the last eight months that you've been really um, uplifted by? Some, let's, be, let's be optimistic for a minute yeah, instead oh, of being do we pessimistic. Have to? I know it's hard to be, right? But what are some of the good things that you've seen come out of this? Well, I love, the, I love seeing uh, the kind of staff we have. I love it. That's like really encouraged me that they've, they've responded. They've taken on different roles. They're not complaining. Um, and that you hear. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, but that they're, I mean, they want to go full bore, yeah. but they are adapting and trying to make things better given our circumstances. I mean, our, our technical side of things I think is improving, you know, uh, and so coming out of this, are we going to come out of this? I like, know, right. Uh, coming out of this will be better at, at our broad outreach. I mean, even our, our presence on social media has gone way up, yeah. you know, and so we can encourage people with Bible verses or videos or your podcasts. You yeah. Know? This was a product of COVID. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is, yeah. we got pot podcasts going now. People can, now there's plenty of sources yeah. for them to be encouraged. So um, all of that is really good. And then I know when this sort of resolves, I can put it that way, when it resolves, uh, we will all see God's hand and our faith will grow even more. Yeah. 
I think for me, the the big thing that that happened was Adventure Week when we were so bummed at first that we weren't able to do it. Because that's so it's the funnest week of the year for yeah. me. Just yeah. to, now, I get to literally drive around on the golf cart and throw water balloons at kids. But yeah. um, the fact that it was going to be online was at first kind of a, a gut punch. Like, oh my gosh! Like the kids don't get to be on campus. They already missed the last whatever two months of school. These poor kids. Like my heart just goes out to them, right? But then we. I think it was the Sunday night before we started and we had the boxes with all the the crafts and stuff in it. And we had like a, I don't know, 200 or 300 boxes left that people didn't pick up at the pickup times. And we just decided we're just going to go drop them all off. Let's go to these addresses. So I think oh, there was yeah. a team of us, uh, maybe, you know, 10 people that, that just took different chunks of areas. And at the very first house that I dropped it off, at, I get to the door, she answers it. And I'm like, Hey, I'm from spring Hills. We're doing adventure week starting tomorrow. Uh, you signed your kids up for it, so here's the boxes with the shirts and stuff. And it was like she immediately just starts crying. She's like, "I missed the pickup time. I was so I felt so bad because my kids were gonna miss out on it. So like oh, just knowing perfect. that we were able to do that. Perfect. Now it was one of those things where I'm like, now this mom also gets to be a part of it because normally right. the parents aren't on campus, right? But now they get to see their kids enjoy it. I was really, I mean, I think we got to meet meet live uh, outside right after that, but I was really uplifted by the fact that, like, you know what? The kids already enjoy it, but now the parents get to be a part well, of it, Well, and too. you saw and, that, and I think we'll see a lot uh, a lot of that kind of thing where you're like, God, you worked. God, you brought new people to yeah. church. God, you did this in our staff. God, you made us aware of the thing, how important it is to preach the gospel, sort yeah. of like the feeling I had on uh, during the Kincaid fire. I mean, it's, it, uh, we're going to see a lot of those. We're amazed yeah. at you, God. Uh, so coming out of this, uh, I, I think the church is going to be more passionate than yeah. ever. I want to ask you, um, about missions as well. Cause we do a lot of mission support. You shared recently that we were able to, um, help I forget, in Vietnam, I forget his name. Um, the pastor get a vehicle where he's able to drive all over Vietnam, um, yeah. however many miles, I've, I always forget how many miles you said it was, but he's driving on a moped, and now he's got a vehicle. And Spring Hills, because of the generosity um, of the people in our church, we've been able to help purchase him a car. So what are the kind of missions that you, your heart went out to Vietnam? I know you've, we've supported them for a while. What other kind of missions have uh, has Spring Hills supported, and what's the reason we chose Vietnam? And yeah. uh, What's his name? Uh, John Bentley. John Bentley with, uh, uh, with Harmony, Harmony Outreach. Harmony. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, missions is something that Spring Hills in, in the latter years here has grown in. You know, when you start a church, you are the mission, right? You're trying to start it. And then we got so caught up in finding property and getting our church. Okay, well, now um, that we're, we're quote unquote, you know, we have our home stable. as a church stable. <laughs> Yes. As stable as you uh, can. We have, we're doing more and more with missions, which I'm excited about. So, yeah, in Vietnam, uh, there's a pastor there, uh, a couple of pastors that we support. We, su- we support a seminary, as you call it there, a seminary and uh, that uh, allows for uh, Vietnamese pastors in the hill countries, you know, men and women from, from uh, Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon all the way to Hanoi. I mean, they come for training and I've been there a couple of years to do theological training through a translator. And I just love that. It's, it's so fun to do. Is that pretty much like any other experience you've ever had? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the best. Is it humbling? Oh yeah. Because the students are, are, are so sharp. It blows your mind. I mean, I remember teaching through the, um, 
you know, the Roman Empire as a background in the New Testament and going through all the different Caesars. And I missed one, and one of the students pointed that out to me, and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Wish I had done my homework a little better. Um, but also uh, with our mission work, uh, we were kind of we're focused on what's called the 1040 window. Um, and uh, it's What's the 1040 window? It's 10 degrees north of the equator up to 40 degrees north of the equator. The little, little uh, section there uh, that goes really from North Africa over to, you know, in China and Vietnam, that little section. The reason why we give money there and do that is because it's very under-resourced. Mm. Um, there's a lot of money that goes into missions in South America, Mexico, some places in Europe, but there's very few that go in the 1040 window. And it's because, um, you know, Hindus, it, it includes India. Uh, Hindus are very unreached. Muslims you know, in North Africa and up through the Middle East are very unreached. Uh, certainly Buddhists going over to Vietnam are very unreached. So um, that's where we just feel, okay, let's, let's give money there. Yeah. You know? There was uh, a, we, I had a friend that went over to uh, Gabon, Africa for a couple of years and he was the, him and his family were the first ones to go over there in like 15 years or something. Yeah. And, um, it, it, him sharing with me about the fact that like, it's cause it's dangerous. It's not a safe place to be. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard to get, it's hard to get the right kind of funding or whatever. I, I mean, I've never been yeah. on these missions trips, um, over, as you know, I don't like getting on planes. Yeah. So getting me yeah, on a plane man, for that long. You're on a plane but for a long it's, time. But it's fascinating to hear just some of the things that people that are unreached and why, um, they're not so Vietnam. Knowing that this pastor can now drive all over, was oh, really, it's really cool. cool to hear about that. Yeah, um, and uh, in in India, we we sponsor a village that uh, seeks to lead kids to Christ and get them out of sex trafficking. Yeah. They're so poor that their they their parents have to you know have their kids dance. It's called which it, they were trying to get them out of that. Yeah, uh, lead them to Christ, provide an alternative for them. And then we also uh, support a church planting and seminary training effort in Kenya, uh, Africa too. So, uh, Green Hills is very active. Yeah, in, locally, in yeah. the locally the uh, the pregnancy counseling center in town, uh, helping women understand and have a place to go instead of abortion to consider, you know, the life that's in them. And royal then family kids. Royal family kids. The Rebel Gospel Mission. Uh, you know, Youth for Christ, uh, InterVarsity, Christian Fellowship, a lot of different things. We actually, I interviewed uh, Jess and uh, Brennan the other day oh, she, yeah. for InterVarsity. So right. I interviewed her, so I'm going to throw that on the, the podcast next week. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I would love to triple and quadruple our missions giving. Yeah. And uh, Lord willing, that'll happen over there. As a, you know, we finish paying off the property, uh, then we can just take all that money and throw and, it at missions. Uh, throw it at missions. Cool. Oh, so good. So what's next, man? We're here in 2020. We don't know. Obviously, that's a question we don't know. Um, but in in your mind, just like looking forward, let's say the next uh, next five years, what are you looking for with Spring Hills Church? Well, you know, we get through COVID, we get back to normal, and and Spring Hills, like a laser beam, disciples people, teaches them scripture, uh, and reaches out to the commit uh, the community. I think all with this, all with the attitude of Christ is coming soon. Mm -hmm. Let's laser focus, work as hard as we can. You know, sort of like this, uh, uh, could this be a wake-up call and then Spring Hills wakes up, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not that we've been asleep, but I'm just saying more, uh, more 
laser focused disciple making passion. Yeah. Um, hopefully in the whole community yeah. or the world, man. I mean, like this is not just a, this is one thing that, you know, when we went through the fires and stuff, it was very local. We were like, this is what we're going through. And this yeah. is, this is all over the place. Yeah. I and mean, people are dealing with this stuff all over. And I so. think the church, I think the church, like a sleeping giant is something will rise up and, and maybe it'll be the the biggest evangelistic effort um, in the history of the world yeah. before Christ comes. Yeah. Cool. Brett, anything else you want to share about the story? Anything I missed? Oh, I'm sure there's a bunch of details. If if Eve was if here, Eve was here, I she could Eve. fill in some spots. Um, but anyway, to anybody listening, um, God is faithful. Yeah. God is able. Uh, nothing's impossible with God. And um, even when we make mistakes, uh, God in His grace turns it around for good. Yeah. Well, there it was story of Spring Hills uh, in a nutshell, I guess. I mean, a total of what two two hours worth of stuff. So. Um, there's obviously a lot more to it, but we wanted to give you a taste of what it's been like for Brett and Eve in 20, what are we at? 28 years now for you, almost 29, years, yeah. almost 29, um, of the Spring Hills existence. So that was the story of Spring Hills. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll, uh, we'll do more of these kind of series. I'm not sure what yet. I know I'm open to ideas. So you can always come up to me at church and say, Hey, do a series on whatever. Um, and then uh, I'll consider it. So, all right, everybody, thank you. Brett, thanks for taking the time to do this over the last few weeks. Thank man. you, Gary. And thank Eve for me, even though she I couldn't be will. here for, for part four.